0: All right, good hump day, everybody. Doug Carr Scott Anderson, ninety-seven on the ticket. How are you today? Doing all right. This game sucked last night.
1: Yeah, fortunately, I didn't uh, didn't see much of them. I was I was out seeing a friend last night, and uh, by the time I got home, both games had finished. As I'm walking out of the uh, restaurant, I look up at the TV, and it had a, the Wings game on. It said six-two. I think, oh well, that's not pretty.
0: I had one of those. All right, I'm going to hunker down and watch these things. And they didn't start off poorly,
1: but no, they both got finished. One nothing lead. Yeah.
0: The Pistons were leading in the first half. They were terrible after the half. I mean, terrible. You got Kate out there hunting shots. They're not playing a lick of defense. The only, I mean. Did you see the Jaden Ivey shot? Did you see the highlight of the Jaden Ivey reverse layup? Kang, did you see? Fantastic. Were you watching the whole Piston game last night? I caught most of it. I was in and out. Did you see the Jaden Ivey reverse layup? Yeah. Switching hands. When I first saw it, I was like, that is a classic George Blaha off the high glass. Yeah. But it never touched the glass. When they showed the camera angle from above, Jaden Ivey, he had the ball on the right wing, drove baseline picked up his dribble, the near side of the basket, went underneath the basket, switched hands, and with his left hand, threw this high, looked like off the high glass reverse layup, but it wasn't at all, it didn't hit the glass, it just went straight up in the air, and then straight down through the hoop. And it was a thing of beauty. It was one of those incredible highlights, completely lost in what was a a game where the Pistons were not really competitive in the second half. And you know, I mentioned before the game, is it one, both, or is it neither? Uh, and that is growing concerns about second-year players who had star potential. And we can debate how much star potential, and that's fine. But Lucas Raymond hasn't scored a goal yet. And Gator, I'm trying to think how many really great a scoring opportunities he's been involved in. Second year Red wing number twenty three. has he been involved in a lot of great A scoring chances that you could think of?
1: I think the early, like the first game or two, I think he was little snake bitten there, and then lately it just doesn't feel like that. But the first couple of games I think he had quite a few chances
0: and then and then there's Kay Cunningham. Is there a legitimate concern or should there be concern about Kay Cunningham shooting thirty eight percent for the floor? And I thought yesterday, and maybe it's just me, and if somebody else – felt, I thought he was hunting shots. And I, I think hunting shots at the NBA level is going to lead to a poor shooting percentage. You predetermine that you're going to put it up. You, The game's not coming to you. You're not taking great shots. It's not great for your team. Now, if you are the best of the best and nobody can stop you, it's a little bit different.
1: What well, concerns me about Cade is that you know you mentioned the shooting percentage being low is three points percentage isn't anything to write home about it's thirty one percent but that means so his two point percentage isn't very good either and last night he didn't take many three pointers he took a bunch of i think he took seventeen shots that were not three point shots and he took three or two three point shots i believe is how it worked out he's just not making anything at, at, at well not it's not, not true for all the games but the game last night, it, it it's a little concern, and when you look at the percentages, it is a concern. But your question asking if it's really a a long term concern with either player, Cade Cunningham or or with Lucas Raymond,
0: I don't think so. I don't think it's a long term concern. Yeah, I but I guess the it's not it's not about hey are these guys going to suck. It just
1: sophomore year in the in the league. Are they and,
0: showing? That the ceiling, are, are we? Are we? Is it the early stages of them being exposed as to having a ceiling, and and not a elite player ceiling? I feel like there's way more invested in Cade being great than in Lucas Raymond being great, for two reasons. One, the obvious he is the Top number one draft. pick of the draft. He is. It, it's a sport where one player. And that player being great makes a world of difference. Um, so there's more invested in the success or failure of Cade Cunningham. Now, Cade Cunningham, let's say Cade Cunningham turns into the best player in the league and he's got nobody around him, they won't have great success. So, you know, I'm, I I just want to make that clear. But, yeah, as it stands right now here, Gator, it strikes me that they're both off to somewhat slow starts in in their sophomore seasons it's probably too early to be particularly concerned about either one but if if there is a growing concern is about one or the other I just feel like Lucas Raymond I'm not I'm not noticing him nearly as much as I did a year ago
1: yeah and is he the one that really is uh, hurting with the absence of Tyler Bertuzzi I mean more so than Larkin I mean Larkin was established you know long before so it's maybe that's part of it yeah. but get over it and, and get back to playing and he, look he's he's young he, he's he'll be resilient he's going to show up i just it's just a little little stretch here where he, he's got two points in six games and no goals as you mentioned and he's also zero in the plus minus category um let it let it we're obviously going everyone will let this marinate sure. it's a long season it's six games into it but i don't think it's any reason to uh, for alarm or concern, I mean, you could ask the same question about uh, Mo Sider if you wanted to as well, because Mo Sider has one assist in six games.
0: Yeah, he's not as measured as much by putting the puck in the net. No, but, but... he's
1: also a his plus minus is also zero. Yeah, so I mean, I mean I'd love to see, if he were one assist through six games, and it was plus five. Yeah, you know, there's a, a real positive effect. There. So
0: Kubalik played last night on that line with Dylan Larkin and and I mean, he had a goal and an assist. Right? I mean, this is a guy that is...
1: Kubelik's off to a hell of a
0: start. He's off to a hell of a start, and so is Dylan Larkin. Yeah. I mean, in fact, doesn't Dylan Larkin have four goals?
1: Yeah. And um, Kubalik has four goals? Kubalik, Larkin, and uh, Perron all have four... They each have four goals. Uh, Kubalik <laughs> has ten points in the six games.
0: And Lucas Raymond playing with Larkin and Kubelik has no goals. Now, again, early stages. Yeah. Early, early stages. But these things... You know, sometimes they, they start small and they get bigger and bigger. And I just wonder if anybody out there, if you have a concern for one, both, or neither. Lucas Raymond, Kate Cunningham. Two four eight, five three nine, ninety seven ninety seven, Carson Anderson. All right, lots to do today, including a swing around the country with college football questions. Uh, Gator, we are moving in on Michigan and Michigan State. It's kind of a, a low roar, it feels like this year. Um, But we'll get into that a little bit as the day goes on. Most tradable Detroit Lion. What could you get for him? The most tradable. And we're not talking about, you know, them trading uh, like Frank Ragnow. We're talking about a player that they might trade that others might want. Mm -hmm. They don't want to trade Frank Ragnow. They
1: don't want to trade They don't want to weaken their position of strength.
0: They want to trade Aiden Hutchinson. But if they were to, who is the guy that's most tradable They get the best return for it.